You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode six. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode six. Uh, ah! Sace. What's up, fellas? What y'all know good? What's going on? Oh, man. Just uh, enjoying life. Great morning. A little short on sleep, but uh, ready for the day. I feel awesome, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really good today. How do you feel? You look, you look great. You look pretty spry. Oh, yeah, great. Thanks, thanks, guys. I'm feeling pretty high on life. Low in the energy tank, but high on life after the LSU win last night. And for those out there, we know we're recording this uh, the day after the game, but y'all will be catching it probably a few weeks later, but we still thought it noteworthy to talk about. You know, when you get up in the morning, at four in the morning after one hour sleep, what your hair looks like and your eyes look like, that's a, you know, that's kind of what Matt's looking like right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice thing to see. I feel like this may be a little bit of uh, revenge for him making so much fun of me on the axe retreat and how terrible I looked. <laughs> That's pretty much what I told him when I walked in the door to record today. I'm like, oh, you look great. <laughs> not. I'm not going to lie. I, felt like I, I feel like I would have thought I would have felt the morning after the axe retreat. Super, super excited on the inside, but pretty dead on the outside. <laughs> oh, man. So how was that adventure, guys? It was pretty fly. Had a good time considering we made a seven and a half trip worth of driving to New Orleans and back in one day. I think it turned out really well. Embraced some elements on the road, weather-wise, and um, somehow John was able to stay awake and keep me awake on the way back, on the way home. Got back uh, a little after three, somewhere in there. Yeah, well, um, as you all may be wondering, uh, I'm still on high alert here. We're still waiting for uh, Lucia, John Bear's arrival. Um, so um, Mama stayed home, and I went to New Orleans, which is about three hours away, uh, if everything goes right. So uh, Hot Dog here agreed to be my designated driver, um, so he was willing to leave during the game if uh, need be. So uh, we were ready to run out of the game at any point in time, but... Fortunately for us, we were able to make it through the whole game, and um, it was a great success for the Tiger Nation. It really was, and hashtag you're welcome, bro. Uh, <laughs> well, first off, I'd like to say thanks to uh, Paul for uh, being in the old club and uh, giving us access to those great tickets. Um, yes, for those of you out there who don't know, Paul is, we know we struggle with names around here, but his name is Gabe Gabriel Paul, right? Gabriel Paul, my little brother. That's correct. Little bro. And he was a letterman for LSU. <clears throat> Sorry, you're going to have to excuse the voice a little bit here today. Uh, letterman for LSU, and he was able to hook us up with the tickets. So we are super appreciative for that. I got front row tickets to the Morton Household 65-inch <laughs> uh, flat screen, which was pretty cool. It, uh, 
It looked pretty cozy uh, under, you know, with that fire going on in the background, that picture that you sent oh, yeah. out during the game. You looked pretty cozy in there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The setup was pretty legit for not being able to be at the game. It was good. It was good. It doesn't beat being there live. But you guys look like you were having a great time on the road trip while I was working. I was all up in my, my gear doing my thing. I'm getting texts. Guys going on a trip, New Orleans, football game. Looked like a blast. And I was in the trenches, but doing my thing. It was, it was fun. We, we had a good time harassing each other. Yeah, it definitely made me laugh pretty good whenever Craig kind of brought us all back to reality in the real world there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, so something new happened with me yesterday that had never happened before. Um, got to see a living president uh, or in a sitting president for that nature. Um, so the, Donald Trump was there, came in, did a little presentation during the pregame, and it was, it was pretty awesome just to be there for that. Uh, so what do you think, Adok? Dude, it was. It was very cool. I've, I've been to a lot of games, some big atmospheres too as well, and uh, I don't think it's ever been that loud. I don't know if it was because where we were sitting, um, right up in the midst of the LSU people, of course, or it being in the dome, but man, it was loud. Right next to the band also, and I, I don't know if you could hear it at home, but the band played neck five times at least, so... Yeah. I they think might, I, they might be banned for uh, life. Yeah, they did pan there one time. <laughs> it snuck on live one time, and uh, man, the students were going nuts. That was crazy, and it was cool. I didn't expect the president to walk out. You know, he was going to be at the game supposedly. Um, yeah. But man, when he came out on the field, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a first for me too, um, being around where a sitting president was. So, yeah, all in all, a great experience for sure. While you're at the game, though, was there any like? moments or highlights or funny kind of things that happened nearby or not so funny or it's got to be a story there's got to be something that happened while you are there well um hot dog may have saved a life last night there's you know what? you sent out the text about uh saving lives and doing all that kind of stuff but hot dog may have saved a life during the game i was in the third game. third quarter i believe i, I, I got, was in the giving I spirit Greg. i got a giving spirit so what i was driving john all over the, the state yesterday <laughs> and then it was about i think it was like mid third quarter well, let me set it up for you. So it was like okay. mid-third quarter. We're sitting there. Everybody stood up most of the game. Yes, uh, we were sitting there, and all of a sudden, this young, attractive girl is standing between Hot Dog and uh -oh. I. And I look back, and I'm like, whoa, pretty young ladies do fall down from heaven. Where did she come from? <laughs> Uh-oh. It, it was rather weird. I turned around, and I was like, wow, what is going on right now? <laughs> so she just appeared right there. Oh, she disappeared. <laughs> for no doubt. For us and for herself, I'm pretty sure. Um, so we turned around, and I was looking at John, and I think John was – you were talking to her first, asking – or no, she asked us. She goes, hey, I think y'all are in the right seats, but um, I'm not sure. Let me double check. And she's got, like, this clear bag with her – you got to have them, I guess, to get in there and, yep. instead of a purse or something like okay. that. Mm -hmm. And she's looking, like, really hard for her ticket to confirm if she's sitting in the right spot. Now, there were – probably three to five items in there and the bag is yeah. clear and see-through as you can uh, imagine it should not have been that hard to find anything pretty big size ticket it's not like a normal ticket because they're commemorative type thing so it's a special ticket yeah man and there was no need the thing i don't think could have even fit in there maybe if she folded, folded it up, up or something yeah. okay and um so there's a, a guy i think a row or two behind us it was like we think you're sitting over there she had no clue she was she had been having a good time to say okay she'd been having a real good time and um, she didn't start off breakfast uh, with the beignets, I don't think. No, man. <laughs> more, <laughs> I don't more. think beignets was her choice <laughs> to start the day. But uh, so anyway, we look up a few minutes later. She had made her way. We were probably five or six seats away from the aisle. And we look over there. 
she's just standing there kind of aimlessly looking out. I mean, people scream at the top of their lungs, et cetera, just kind of like in, she's checked out. Yeah. She's checked out. Yeah. That's I mean, it was an exciting time in the, uh, in the game, you know, LSU was really taking control and putting it to Clemson. Um, so everybody else in that section was pretty rowdy except yeah, I mean, the student sections right next to us i mean it oh was, wow it was lit so it was, yeah <laughs> no doubt of all times and um it reminded me of another story of lsu game i might bring up after this too but she so anyway the quarter is coming to an end there's like a timeout on the field or something while i was running to try to get some food real quick and i get up the stairs and she's now like made her way standing up against the wall just hmm. standing there so i went up to her and i was like hey um couldn't find your ticket. She's like, no. I'm like, you have no idea where you're sitting. She's like, no. And I was like, you have a cell phone? She's like, no. She was with her husband at the in, at the game. And we're talking a good 30 minutes probably had passed. And she's in all this wandering around. Somewhere that, well, now she's just like now she's standing there. And he walks up and says, ma'am, I'm hot dog and I'm a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Only I would have had my hat on for real would have had the powers, bro. Hot dog saves the day. I'll keep going. This is good. This is good. So I was like, so she's like, no. Goes right back to her little bag again. Start searching. And I'm thinking, it's not in the bag. <laughs> not in the bag. We can see everything in the bag So now. I quickly did think to myself, can't leave this girl stranded here. Do you know your husband's phone number? And I... To my surprise, she really did. I was shocked. Like, of all this, she still had the competency to realize oh, wow. what the phone number was. Called him twice, no answer. I was thinking, man, this is not going to be good. Third time, he answers. A couple minutes later, came over there. Dude, gave me a hug. So appreciative. But I'm thinking in my head, man, this poor girl. Wow. Like, for 30 minutes, bumbling around. So I was glad that I needed to get up, try to find some food for us to eat. It was pretty crazy, too. That was late third quarter. They were sold out on another note of everything. Oh, All I could bring it. back was some Skittles and popcorn, dude. No drink. I had nothing, nothing to drink. Yeah. What? There were some thirsty people there last night. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. You know, LSU's been traveling around the country, and from what I understand, every stadium they go in, that stadium's alcohol sales have at least doubled, if not tripled. And a lot of people, I thought for sure the Dome or New Orleans would, would have everything, but sounds like it was nope everybody ran out last night also wow yeah, no they no doubt did but um Did yeah I'm it was a pretty cool story to go along with the the nice win we got to stay celebrate the win for a little <laughs> bit before we uh rolled out of town so all in all it was a great time dude that's awesome no that was a great for you to take your time out of uh you know the game i know you were on your way to, to go get your blood sugar back up and you know you got to eat every 45 minutes but <laughs> that was nice of you to take the time to help this young lady yeah, I was honestly concerned for her. Man, that um, was that was awesome. In those type situations, you you want to lend a hand, man. Hopefully, I showed you an example of how to do such. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so, needless to say, you're struggling today. Yeah, I, I am really struggling a lot today. I'm pretty tired. Um, I mean, probably got three, four hours sleep somewhere in there. But it's physically tired, dude. We stood up the whole game. We were running around the French Quarter for a while in the car for a good bit. But I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Made some memes, John. Yeah, we did. Uh, we also had some good food. We went and ate at a little restaurant down there that I like to, to eat. I uh, had some charbroiled oysters oh, um, and some onion rings. And we also got uh, – Hot Dog wanted to order the most expensive thing on the menu whenever we got there. Of so course. I go to the bathroom and come out. My stepson's like, hey, I want the – super 
stack a seafood platter and I, I guess I'll probably try to post that picture so y'all can see this thing. Um, and it's very expensive and I'm sure like, is. yes, I saw that the last <laughs> time I was here. Let's get it. Yes. <laughs> My goal was, I told Andrew, I said, Andrew, his, John steps on and said, yeah. Andrew, um, dude, find the most expensive thing on the menu. And that's what we're going to say we want. <laughs> yes. Honestly. And John, I thought he was going to be like, what the heck? Cause he normally does say this kind of stuff would occur by picking the most expensive thing on the menu. And John walks out and he's like, sounds great. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> Look in my face and who wound up paying for the meal, John? Um, I think Andrew picked up the tag. Yeah. Who wound up paying for the meal, John? <laughs> okay, hot dog did oh, hot pick dog. up the tab. I mean, the, the waiter kind of put it in his in his pocket. That's a much. falsity. I claimed um, it as you when we're with John. <laughs> it's just habit, dude. They, they know they know who's paying. When, oh, when man, I missed it. I missed it. Maybe next time. I want to say the weird thing. You fasted like all day. No breakfast with me and Andrew. Yeah. No dinner mm-hmm. but for the popcorn, mm-hmm. even though neither mm-hmm. one of us have popcorn. Lady J did save us with those cookies, though. Yep. Man, I was ready to go. I was just ready for the game. I was hyped, a little nervous around game time, and obviously we had a slow start, but uh, pulled it through. Ended up being a great time, uh, wonderful experience. Um, you know, I, I think we probably had about the same amount of sleep. Um, you know, we got home about a little after three, between three and four. And any of you have kids? Um, at seven o'clock this morning, my three-year-old. You know, I'm not up. I'm not playing with him yet. I didn't get him out of bed, get ready to uh, go to school yet. So he comes in and decides it's time to attack me. Oh, <laughs> so uh, after life. after <laughs> playing dead, after playing dead for about ten minutes or so, I said, "Okay, well, I guess he's not going to quit jumping on my head. It's time to get up and get moving." <laughs> <laughs> so, Just hot dog and I are moving a little slow today, but. Uh, it was a wonderful experience. The struggle today is certainly worth, um, you know, the experience of yesterday uh, and being involved in that national championship and just wonderful. Great for Louisiana. Great for the Tigers. We're sorry for all our listeners that are not LSU fans having to endure this. That's awesome. Actually, that's an interesting. Hey, that might be a good segue. You know, you uh, so these y'all are struggling, but you was worth it. You had a nice awesome experience and um you know it's like makes you think of those times where sometimes the struggle might be worth it no doubt and i remember when john was we were talking about going to the game and i knew we were going to have to come back that night even though i really did i didn't push you too hard but in my mind was like man we need to stay the night and um that's what i was saying in my mind also (laughs) i was thinking in my head i was like i really just want to see john on bourbon street for a while after the game that would have been (laughs) epic john back in his heyday Uh, but uh i was thinking to myself man this is going to be rough but i can't wait for it because i do say making memes short for memories we'll have a memory for it why not put yourself you know could easily say oh i'd rather my sleep but dude got the as they say at some point we'll be laying down for the rest of our life so May as well chuck on alone. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was well worth it for sure, man. That's awesome. Yeah, my night was uh, me and the family held the fort down uh, in the living room and kitchen, cooked some chili, had some snacks. You know, it was pretty cool. Good quality time with the girls. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, my memories are hanging out with them and a the dog licking my leg. So, you know, I guess that was, <laughs> you know, it was awesome. But you know, I guess it's one of those things you'll always remember where you were when they won that championship. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Craig, I would also say it sounds like you're about to go on the maybe minimal sleep this coming weekend with the retreat coming up, huh? Yes. So me and my wife, April, are going to be serving on a teen axe retreat. So similar to the retreat that Matt alluded to in our earlier episodes, but it's a co-ed retreat with a bunch of teenagers 
Um, it's kind of like herding cats, but it's a, it's a very awesome weekend of uh, spiritual growth and, and bonding and prayer. And, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, whenever we're teenagers, I think most of us would agree that in those teen years, there weren't a whole lot of opportunities for positive, uplifting uh, um, getaways, especially um, under the guidance of, you know, those who are looking out for your best interests. So to, to kind of intercept these teenagers before they go to college and start this wild life or this wild roller coaster of life, uh, it's fun to participate in some chances to, to help them, you know, deal with maybe struggles and things that they had in their childhood and, and show them, Hey, we've all been there. You know, we, um, we know where you're at and you know, you're loved and supported here. And so it's really cool. Man, there's some fun stuff that happens and, uh, it's, it's a blessing to be able to be part of that. But like you said, we're, uh, we're on the team. So it's, uh, getting up at five thirty in the morning, you know, the days will go real late. And even when the kids go to bed, we'll, we'll hammer it out till one o'clock in the morning, just preparing for the next day. And, uh, so it's tiring, but that it's still super rewarding, and you wouldn't trade that lack of sleep for anything. And it's still three days, three nights? Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll get there Thursday morning and wrap up Sunday uh, morning. Now, you may have said, who, who all is going on this retreat? You and your wife are working it? Me and my wife and my middle daughter uh, is also staffing the retreat. My oldest daughter has done at least six of these, and she even was wow. uh, the, the leader of one of them. Awesome. That's and awesome. so she'll be doing another one here this spring before she heads off to of all places, LSU. Man, she made the final call oh, for it, huh? Yes, she she called it. Congratulations um, for her. Over the holidays, she um she made her decision. So that, as of now, that's where we're going. Glad you got a little tiger go. Yeah. So now I, I'll be going to a lot more games, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, dude. It was great having you alone for the game earlier this year, too. Yeah, that was awesome. Look forward to doing that again. Well, look, when it comes to, uh, I think that was a good segue. We really didn't have a firm topic on today other than just chatting with you all a little bit. But we were talking about struggling struggles considering the fact that John and I are struggling a little bit today. And I, I think, Craig, you had some pretty good thoughts on that, huh? You want to share with the folks out there? Yeah, you know, it's funny. In, in talking about LSU, and you mentioned Coach O, uh, if, I had seen this on TV, but, you know, he – has had several coaching jobs, um, assistant coaching jobs, and whenever he was chosen to be LSU's coach, there was a lot of criticism. Almost, you know, why did y'all choose him? They didn't go with one of these, you know, top-tier coaches with a proven, proven track record. And, you know, Coach O, uh, a lot of people were sort of like, oh, come on, we need to do something different. But, you know, he's a Louisiana guy, and there was something about his heart and his spirit. And even early in LSU, his LSU tenure, whenever they were losing some games to some Division uh, two schools uh, and he was getting criticized, he, he didn't just walk away. He, he accepted that. He was humble, and he was willing to change. So he took the adversity of being, you know, maybe even picked on a little bit, and he changed direction. He found good coaches. He surrounded himself with good people. He made adjustments, and he took that opportunity to improve himself, and now here he is, you know, a superstar coach, and he wasn't like that right out the gate, yeah. you know. And so I, I was just reflecting on the game where last night and where he came from, and just making those adjustments, learning, improving, and and boom. That's a great point. I was actually watching something this morning um, before y'all got over here, and it was on him and Burrow, um, our quarterback talking about second chances. They both have endured adversity, struggles, um, and have made the most of a second chance. And in the documentary, it was talking about we're all given second chances for the most part in life. 
So most people, though, don't capitalize on them, don't make them uh, come to fruition like both those guys did. And it's not like it was easy for them. Uh, both took uh, broken roads, so to speak, but came to the right place. Absolutely. That's, uh, I saw a quote one time and it said, life happens for us, not to us. You know, and I think we, a lot of times we get in these struggles and we kind of feel like a victim. Uh, we're backed into a corner, we're at the bottom of the hole, and it's uh, we feel helpless. You know, we've, we've kind of had some, we've all mentioned different things. For me, when I was younger, being overweight, you kind of reach the, the end of the road, you're backed into a corner, and at that point, there's only one other direction, and that's back up. And so sometimes it takes that, you can look at your adversity and struggle, and it can be the fuel for what, what takes you to the next level or, or gets you, gives you the courage and strength to to make those those gains a lot of times if it's if it's given to you and life is easy and it just kind of flows whenever you meet adversity you either don't know how to handle it or you know or you, you crumble you know and so sometimes you know those struggles in life if you take them as opportunities to grow get stronger you know you, you're not afraid of failure at that point you're not afraid of some of those challenges well said, and I think it builds character, too. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say that for probably anybody who's gone through some form of adversity, it builds character, it builds um, builds who you are ultimately and who you become to be. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, after we put out our bios and all that kind of stuff, I had my, my sister send out a little uh, comment on it, and, and it brought something up. Um, earlier on in life, whenever I was telling my parents, uh, when I grew up, I wanted to be an ant farmer. Well... <laughs> that that didn't go over Sounds too well perfect for you <laughs> <laughs> it's tedious work man it's tedious work you can't shake the container too much messes it all up so you know it, that was kind of discouraged from uh from me going into as a profession so i went into something that was less appealing uh even than that which was going into the chiropractic profession uh, you know for my dad he grew up in a time where it was it was a difficult thing for people to accept getting into uh, that type of healthcare. Um, so, for me, uh, I I ended up finding that path and taking it and going forward. And uh, you know, my dad was not on board for it until he had a personal experience with uh, a condition that he had that we helped him with, uh, where he was having headaches for an extended period of time and taking all kinds of medications, things like that. Uh, and then he called me one day and said, Hey, look, I'm having these headaches, you know, what can you do? So I gave him a, a few jabs here and there like, well, dad, you know, I don't know if we can move these bones around, you know, made a <laughs> couple, expect nothing made a couple of jokes with him. And then, uh, for him, I ended up, you know, working on him a couple of times and alleviate his headaches pretty quickly. Um, so it was something that, uh, you know, maybe, started off as a negative thing, but it's turned into a very positive thing for me personally um, and has been a great profession for me to, to go into. That's interesting you say that. I can relate to that big time in my world. I am a plaintiff's attorney. Oh, God. As we know. <laughs> and, uh, Insert car wreck sound. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and all the time, I'm, I'm pretty uh, cognizant of the fact that I feel like people judge me potentially as an ambulance chaser, and I was like, oh, man, it's got it's, got, it's – uh, it's a negative connotations for sure, but it's one of those things I see all the time with a lot of my clients until you're in the situation and um, you need somebody because you're hurt, hurt uh, it, it, it kind of doesn't show its stripes, so to speak. So I can relate on that. And um, over time, I've realized 
it, that stigma doesn't really matter so much when people need help. It's, it's nice to be able to help, help be there to help them. Yeah, that's a pretty funny point. Um, I actually had a, uh, a lady that I'd seen that was in a car accident. She was a defense attorney. Um, she had deposed me and, um, maybe been in court, uh, support, um, representing the insurance company and, you know, give me a hard time of, you know, can these injuries occur with this type of thing? And, uh, this lady came in, we worked on her, she did great, but had the typical kinds of things that would cause exacerbations of, oh, I'm working in my yard the next day, everything feels terrible. You know, she would come in and tell me these things that, you know, had been given, she'd give me a hard time about, um, when being deposed or in court and I literally was just laughing. I couldn't quit laughing. I mean, it was I'm to sure the point right in her face. <laughs> I was laughing in her face. Uh, not an ugly way. I mean, she was laughing too. Um, but it was just something that was just so ironic and entertaining that she had made that full circle. Uh, and the things that, you know, she had probably looked down upon or, uh, had issue with were happening to her. And for her, it took that personal experience for her to get the full picture of, okay, these, these injuries are real and they're not, not that fun to deal with. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I think it's, a, it's something I try to live my life by. Don't judge a book by its cover or don't judge something until you've walked in the shoes of it. Um, good example, I don't have any kids. My sisters all do. And I normally try not to say much about maybe parenting styles, things like that, because I don't have any kids, so I don't know. So until you've actually been in someone's shoes, like in this case, someone who's hurt, it's kind of hard to, to judge the book until you know yourself. Well, um, don't you have a nickname uh, from work, something like the magical child or something? Is, is that what Mystical they call you? Creature, <laughs> <laughs> Mystical creature, bro. Mystical creature, which my paralegal has finally given me because I, I do. I bebop all around between the restaurant, the podcast, work, don't sit still a lot. Um, I'm all over the place, which brings us to a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Courtney has been a big help to us on um, social media she's helped a lot with the start of this podcast uh in her spare time outside of work she's come up uh, on a couple weekends and helped so we also wanted to give a little shout out to her she's kind of part of the team here and we appreciate all she's done for us thank you courtney thank you courtney and john can as usual my new thing is you're welcome to john for I've helped now bring out his inner child with a podcast. <laughs> I've driven him all over the state for football games this year, and I've given him one heck of a new hire with Courtney's sister. It only oh, wow. took me like weeks to get him to understand the talent that I was trying to bring over there. But you know, you can you can lead a horse to water. Can't always make a drink. Did you did you come up with that saying? Negative. Okay. Only a mystical creature could come up with that. <laughs> Or a magical uh, child. I'm not sure which one it yeah, is. She, she MC to, is the is the go-to, so you can go with whatever uh, you want there. Man. Courtney nice. seemed to like that just as much whenever they, she talking about calling him MC. I was like, what does that mean, magical child? <laughs> hey, man, never lose your inner child, bro. Oh, man. That's so funny. Go ahead. I was just going to say, but, you know, for those of you who know me, they there won't be anyone who's going to say that I, ha I haven't lost my inner child yet. <laughs> that is correct. I, I really wish that. <laughs> <laughs> he never will for sure. And I wish I told him just the other day, God, I wish I would have known you like 10 years ago whenever this was probably really going down in New Orleans. I witnessed some of the dance moves 10 years ago. And there was, I mean, I'm telling you, 
Man, all I've gotten to witness was like some old school dancing at a fundraiser. I wish I could have seen the real moves back in the day. Well, you mentioned getting them on bourbon. I thought this was going to lead to like <laughs> a big circle parting in the hey, distance. With, look, you know, and when we were getting close, this was like a kid in a candy store. Like to New Orleans, he was like, I need out of this car. I'm ready to go. We start hitting the streets oh, to walk funny. toward the French Quarter. He's ready. And I was like, golly, I just only wish we could have seen more of this back in the day. It's game. It was game day, man. It's just time to get hype before it starts. Uh, just a great time. That's awesome. You know, you guys were talking about uh, not knowing what somebody's going through until they go through it. I think in typical allopathic medical training, everything has to be black and white. The studies have to be statistically significant. We're, we're skeptical of people if we can't find a lab that proves it, a picture that proves it, or, or some exam finding that proves it. And, uh, you know, even when I first came out doing pain management and if people getting in car wrecks, uh, as a disability physician, I was always looking for someone trying to beat the system. So my initial reaction was, you know, were they really injured or are they trying to just, you know, get money? And over time, you know, seeing these people suffer and, and go through injuries and actually maybe the MRI was normal, but there's a lot of soft tissue stuff. This wasn't things that, you know, we necessarily looked at in great detail. And so, you know, Steve was really in tune with that, with his training, and and you obviously saw it from your clients. And right. so it was interesting. Um, over time, that needle has shifted, and obviously we've all worked on a lot of uh, with a lot of clients together. You know, helping them with what we help, what we can do for them. But it's it's interesting. You don't really know what someone's going through, or where they've been if you you know if you haven't lived their life. You know, we're talking about struggles. Uh, you mentioned your dad, but. I was thinking of like just our training, you know, a lot of times people see us where we're at now. Okay. Yeah. He's a doctor, he's working, but they don't see, you know, we're we're at a, there's a point in time where we didn't know what we were going to do and, you know, sacrificed a lot of vacations. I remember I took my first uh, medical college test admission test and didn't like my score. So, you know, it's taken three months, skipped, you know, Disney vacation with the family, skipped uh, mountain hiking with friends to travel an hour every day to go to a course. And, and then beef up my scores and then getting into med school and spending between that and training, you know, six years, uh, actually eight years in an apartment complex, you know, a thousand square feet, making less than minimum wage with, you know, newborn children and just kind of struggling to, to maintain a relationship because of the hours it takes and, you know, have any kind of life outside of, of the training. So there was sacrifice there, but I think that struggle made me and my wife stronger because we went through it together. Right. You know, those humble beginnings where you're just, you know, you're, you just love life because you've got a beanbag chair couch thing, which is awesome. And you're watching a movie on your little 13 inch TV, eating popcorn. I mean, I was living the dream and to this day is some of the best memories of my life. Makes you appreciate that 65. Yeah. I tell you, man, no, it's all good, but it's uh... <laughs> no, Craig, I think that's a great point. I've been blessed in my own career too. And, but I do remember the first couple of years I was practicing with, uh, I practiced at a firm for six months and then went into another one and, I had no clients and was working 16, 17 hour days. Um, and those probably three years of my life taught me a lot about um, hard work, which I learned through baseball, but also appreciating my now hour and a half, sometimes two hour lunch break that I get a hard time about, which I'm actually working on a lot of those, <laughs> doing a lot of that time between one of these side projects or not. Um, but it did, it, it taught me a lot. And a lot of times I try to go back to those days to remember, hey, which I know some people out there would be only three years. Yeah, that's true. But it made me learn the value of 
Um, I want to create a lifestyle where I can live the living the life is more to me than if I worked in a couple extra hours and made more money. Yeah, I could probably do that, but I'd rather have a lifestyle that's not um, conducive to those, what I would say, longer days, harder times. Amen. John, oh, you, you wanted bet. to have an ant farm? <laughs> <laughs> I did want to have an ant farm. It's pretty amazing. You see all the stuff that they can pick up and carry around. I mean, it, how much of their body weight can they carry? Form, bro? Like, ah, I don't remember. It's a, it's a lot more than their own body yeah. weight. It's kind of like Stupaka, like I talked about in the last uh, episode. Carry around so much. <laughs> How do you get an ant farm started? I'm truly, <laughs> I'm truly wanting to know. Do you even know? Are well, you yeah. talking about like the little box with the plexiglass? And yes, you can I see am. their tunnels. Yes, and, I am. Correct. Yes. <laughs> October first for his birthday. I'm about to say. <laughs> I'm thinking he never wanted to lose the inner child. It's our chance, yeah. dude. Right here. Note to self. <laughs> Steve wants an ant Stay farm. tuned for that. <laughs> well, now it might be too late, or we have to get it somewhere where I can secure it on the wall, because guaranteed Tiny is going to release those ants if we bring it in the house. <laughs> yeah, location will be determined. That's awesome. Dude, it's our newest business adventure. It might need farm. to be bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, for all of us, we've certainly have gone through a lot of things to get where we where we are today uh, for me personally you know I came from a large family like we talked about um, so my parents helped me in in the ways that they could but uh, you know they weren't able to support us completely whenever we were in school so the entire time that I was at McNeese pursuing my biology degree I worked 25 to 35 hours a week while taking you know heavy loads of uh, academics uh, and then even once I was in uh, graduate school in chiropractic college, I, I worked 10, 15, 20 hours a week as much as I possibly could to try to offset some of those um, financial burdens that were building up uh, in the form of Sally Bay and uh, Freddie Mac student loans. Oh, Sally and Freddie. So, oh, those people will. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it's what I wanted to do. It's what I felt like I was called to do and certainly what I'm grateful every day that I'm doing so going through those struggles of, you know, missing, being, not being able to go to some of your siblings, uh, birthday parties or younger brothers, football games, those types of things. Yeah, it was terrible, but, uh, it was some of the sacrifices that were necessary for me to get to where I wanted to go in life. Yeah, man, you had a goal, you attained it. Also, some of those jobs I've heard about were pretty cool. You were driving trucks, you were flying in airplanes with your brother. <laughs> I mean, that so, seems pretty flat to me. Yes. <laughs> uh, so during the school year, I worked at Memorial Hospital. Um, it was a good job. Like later in the evenings, I was able to study a little bit, some of that. But during the summer times, I was a loader truck driver for uh, a crop dusting service that my brother was a pilot for. Uh, and during the planting season or the fertilizer season, spraying season, those guys work like maniacs, um, usually 80 to 100 hour weeks. So during my breaks, whenever most people were recuperating, traveling, having a great time, I was working 80 to sometimes 100, over 100 hours a week uh, during those times to try to make enough money to, I bought my first car, uh, those types of things to make my way in life. Greg, guess what, dude? What's up, I was man? telling John on the way back last night in the car, or maybe on the way there, that I wanted to start a, like, potentially a logistics, long-term goal here, like a logistics transportation company okay. with, like, a few rigs out there, you know, driving oh. freight around. We've got a driver right here. <laughs> right there. Yeah, dude. You I could be myself. sort of in charge I could be the trainer. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did have a CDL license for a number of years. That's correct. So who's driving your Who's rig. driving your big rig? <laughs> <laughs> that's true, man. I think that's also pretty cool that you can, on a serious note, appreciate to the the um, situation your parents went through with all the children, and um, I think that's a good value that they probably instilled in you too, having to to put your way through some of the schooling. My parents were kind of the same way when we got to. To graduate school it was on us so i learned real quick the value of a dollar and it's something that stuck with me today even though you give me a hard time about mm, we know wanting <laughs> discounts and things like that yeah i did dude i used to go hit the dillard sale on new year's i was looking for all the sales now i've not learned that hey don't need to spend all that time necessarily um i'd rather spend the time making some memories versus standing at the door at dillard's trying to get the sales on new year's and would rather just pay for john's meal so i can hang that over his head <laughs> So is that when the uh, Black Friday fight started, when, when you were waiting outside of Dillard's? Did nope. you start that trend? Never did the Black Fridays, man. But I'm not going to lie. Just a little shout out to the Dillard's people. Um, on like New Year's, the, I think it's New Year's Day, they have a sale. And it's a pretty funny story. As the doors for like Dillard's would go up, dude, I was there. I was like first in getting the deals, man. Stuff's like 70% off. It's like So it wasn't like the Black Friday fights and all that? No, kind of stuff? no, it's not that hectic. But it's pretty hectic because they got like purses in there. People are in there trying to get all the purses and then go resell them like, yeah speaking of the uh hyped up nature and all this kind of stuff that you have um we talked about you getting kicked out of a baseball game on a prior episode and we never got the full story on Ooh, that we did not Man. can you elaborate on that please sir can <laughs> what happened sorry lady J. yeah um <laughs> I was actually just telling this story. I don't know how this came up, man. People seem to, seem to judge me sometimes as like straight laced, which I am. I'm, I am. I like my prayer life. I like my little simple times in a lot of ways. But back in high school, I was. I was ultra competitive. I thought I was really good at my like, <laughs> school. Thought I was really good. Man, he seems to be humbling it as so, this podcast. Uh, when I look back gross. all the time. And um, long story short, we were playing a game. It was my junior year, and I had a buddy, Corey Viator is his name, a good friend of mine. He was a couple years older than me, and I used to always tell him, dude, I'm probably going to get ejected. I did allude to the fact that I used to cuss some back in the gap, and um, back in those days, I did. I was felt like I was pretty good. I was kind of team leader, really competitive. Well, we're playing in a game in Westlake. How many people, how many of the competitors have mustaches? Because when I grew up, um, it seemed like everybody from Westlake had a little thin mustache. There's probably one or two of those. Shout out to Russ Buller. <laughs> probably one or two of those running around. Um, and I did. I would always joke, it, man, I'm probably going to get tossed because I would. I would like cuss under my breath or something that I thought would push me to the line. Well, I slide into second base and I missed the bag, but I came back to the bag and got there before I got tagged and I got thrown out, called out, and I stood up. And I said, GD, I have asked for forgiveness for that. And <laughs> took my helmet off, popped it in my hand, my hand. And I was like, I was bleeping safe. And I was jogging off the field as a third inning. And the next thing I hear behind my back, dude, the umpire was like, you're out of here. And I was ejected. And I was like, oh, my God, that just happened. <laughs> I'm thrown out of the game. Well, Lady J um, and Andy Man were obviously there. And Lady J was mortified <laughs> that her son just got thrown out of the game. And that night I had to call principal AD and apologize. And then to like pour salt on a wound for poor Lady J. Next day, American Press, front page of sports is me sliding in the second 
And the caption reads like, I'm glad there he's ejected after arguing call. <laughs> so, so Lady J was meh, really not too happy about that, but still have the newspaper clipping somewhere in this house. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so it was good times for me back in the day. We need to go to the archives and find that video. Yes. We need to post that for the viewers. Yeah, man. <laughs> I've come a long way since those days. Um, I did. I learned a lot of that from old John Boy. On the tennis court. All right, guys, let's roll our ways into what made you pump the brakes or hit the gas this week. I think y'all are splitting it up, so we will start with what made you hit the gas this week. What made me hit the gas this week is uh, that long ride that we had uh, back from the game last night. Uh, you know, we had a long day, got up early morning, drove all the way out there, had a few drinks, hung out with some friends, saw some of the podcast fans out there. And then uh, after the game, after the ceremony, we had to hop in the car and drive back. Um, so we left New Orleans about midnight, um, as you know. And it's about a three-hour drive. But everything went really smooth for us. And uh, But it was a struggle. I mean, it was exhausting. We were tired from the day, tired from the game. And it just really had to keep the pedal to the metal and stay awake. I know you were just as tired as I was and just my eyes kept crossing and all that, but just had to keep the pedal to the metal to keep awake so we could get home safe to Lucia baby, John Bear. <laughs> I really wanted to, John Bear, please, John Bear. Um, I really wanted to pull over like three times, dude, to give you a lot of credit for hanging in there and keeping me awake. Thanks, bro. All right, Craig Cream, what made you hit the brakes this week or what's going to make you hit the brakes, I think, in this case? Well, let's see. I guess I'm going to hit the brakes on um, – on work here pretty soon. Uh, one of my partner's daughter is the queen of Washington Mardi Gras, which yeah, is that's pretty cool, pretty sweet honor. So the whole crew is going to be flying up to DC for uh, three nights of revelry and pomp and circumstance. And so I'm sure we'll be hitting a lot of gas uh, those nights. I'll need it to stay up as late as some of these nights are supposed to go. So pumping the brakes. I'm having some fun. Yeah, Can't wait times. to hear about this. For, you know, for those of you from Louisiana, you know, Mardi Gras season's crazy. And this is about the time when all these uh, Mardi Gras balls are kicking off. So got some of those in the pipe. So going to hit the brakes of work a little bit. Try and hit the gas on some of these Mardi Gras balls. Spend some time with family and friends that participate in those activities. And uh, just enjoy the season. And so that's, uh, I guess that's the big gas hitting I'll be doing pretty soon. Awesome. Well, I just want to say, um, you know, we did not um, have the president on the the cast last night. So when, when you go to DC, don't interview him by yourself. If we need to fly up to have him on here, just let us know. We'll yes. go up there. Holy cow, Craig. Dude, there's a way for him to travel. <laughs> Dude, All you right. just heard it. So get I have, with Donald, please. I, I got to close the deal. I, I will do my best to close this deal. Stay tuned, Trump, on our podcast. <laughs> there is hope. All right, guys. Well, look, we ever, we appreciate everybody listening in to us. We know this was um, probably a little bit different than some of the podcasts, but um, hope you learned something on struggles of life and things like that. And if you got any thoughts, hit us up on social media. Tell us about some of the struggles maybe you've been through that we can learn about ourselves. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Aye. Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. 
Bye-bye.